This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705. Chapter 9. Antonio, we need to get back to my car right away. There's something in there I need. If the drone that Antonia shot out of the sky really was spying on me, or us, and if it's from the same person or people who flew the drone above me on Westlake Avenue in Belltown, then whoever is behind it surely knows how and when we got to the cemetery, as well as where we were before that, and where my car is parked. I get a terrible feeling that my car has been broken into, and if it has, the coin master was in there. What makes you think you're being spied on? It's, it's, it's a long story. Look, I caught a quick glance at the drone. I wouldn't say it's the kind of drone people use for a hobby or for spying. It's pretty similar to the ones we use on our farm. So I guess just, it, it, I mean, it might not be what you think it is. Well, what is it doing out here then? Look, Joseph, look, right over there, and over there. Antonia points to the numerous orchards and vineyards and farms below us, surrounding the park and lining the river shore. <sighs> I probably shouldn't have been so hasty. We drive back into the park. A moment later, we pull up next to my car, which looks very much not broken into. Oh. I think I'm going crazy. I get the coin master out of my car and clutch it close. Okay. You okay? Oh, for a second there I thought I lost it. You've grown quite attached to that thing. Yeah. Now that I have the coin master, I feel calmer, much more myself again. Yeah, I'm okay. How about we try over there? Okay. We head towards the closest picnic shelter. With this being a Thursday in late October, the park is pretty much empty, except for a park ranger who spots us from afar and starts to head our way. What does the story say about this place? The one that made you come here? Unfortunately, not a whole lot. Knowing I'm out, it must say something. Hey, folks. Hey, 
It's nice to see other humans. Pretty slow day here. Yeah. Must get pretty busy on weekends. Yeah, it usually does. Oh, hey now. That's quite the old relic you got there. He's not that old yet. What are you, 38? <laughs> Good one. So unfortunately, metal detecting isn't allowed at Mary Hill State Park. Oh, really? Why is that? You know, I don't know all the reasons. I just know they never have. Never have? <laughs> That's right, never. Huh. Well, I guess that's good to know. Appreciate you telling us. Sure thing, but there's still lots of other stuff to do. I mean, if you like to fish or whatever. Though you'll still need a license to fish, of course. We can get you one over at the entrance station. No, no. Thanks, though. Well, I guess we'll go put this back in the car. Oh, hey. Yeah? You guys got your costumes picked out yet? <laughs> I'm going as that jaywalker guy from up in Seattle. <laughs> Can you believe that guy? Oh, my mom was telling me about him. Didn't he stop traffic for like an hour? I don't think it was that long. Well, you folks enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Everybody wants to be costume jaywalker this year. Well, that changes things. Yeah. I mean, maybe we just hang out and then do some searching after it gets dark? You know, we could always pay for one of the campsites here and then wait till the sun goes down. I don't think it's here, Joseph. If they never allowed metal detecting, I feel like Ima wouldn't be sending you here. Wouldn't be sending me? Now who's making it sound like he's still alive? Do you have the story with you? I do. It's in the car. We could look at it together if you want. I mean, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. But there are a few work things I should do first. Just sending some texts to a few people. Okay if I do that real quick? Yeah. But let's look at it over lunch. I'm starving. <laughs> There's a diner over at Biggs. I'll buy. Whoa. Big spender. Hey, this is a business trip, remember? It's a write-off. <laughs> Whatever you say. I send a few messages from my work phone, from the parking lot, including some instructions to Angela. Then we both drive both vehicles across the bridge to Biggs. I check my mirrors and occasionally scan the sky for any trace of being followed or spied on. I notice Antonia doing the same, and not just while driving, but in the diner parking lot and even in the restaurant. The way she does it is subtle, like she knows what she's doing. Yeah, this will work. Of all the information Mel shared, including that the Seattle police are now involved, I'm most preoccupied by the news that a board member from Kim's company is somehow connected to the you? piece of property yeah. right next to Flores Farms. Right this way. I don't know if Kim herself has any connection, but I can't help but wonder about it. It's the same bad feeling I had when I asked for a background check yeah. on Salvador. I'm also keenly aware that I'm now sharing lunch with the Flores Farms business manager. If a possible purchase of the land is being worked out with the person who sits on the board of my sister's company, she would know. But of course, Antonia doesn't know that I know about any of it, or how I got my information. 
Oh, a salad bar. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> nice. Same. After a couple of days of fast food, even iceberg lettuce feels healthy. We get back to the table, and as soon as we finish our salads... Let's go over it. You're really into this. Well, if I were home right now, I'd just be ordering new water pumps. Sounds kind of exciting. No? <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about if I read it to you? It'll be more dramatic that way. <clears throat> the Places I've Been by Imo Ilo. Okay, wait. So he would have written this when? Back in the 80s? Yeah. I mean, probably? I don't know for sure what year. But before 1990, obviously. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> the Places I've Been by Imo Ilo. Many people with greater means than I have traveled the world to see its exotic places and wonders. I'm thinking of places like the pyramids of Egypt, the Taj Mahal in India, and Mount Fuji in Japan. I too have done some traveling in my brief time on this earth, but on a much smaller, yet pleasing to me scale. To me, the part of the world where I was raised and have lived and worked in ever since with Vivian as my constant partner, is the grandest that there is. Washington may not be as famous in history books as the places I mention above, but I would not trade my time spent here for anything. <clears throat> One day I got to thinking about the places I've been that have the most meaning to me. I started to write them down but quickly stopped, since there were simply too many to choose from. But now, years later, I've taken up the task again. This time really focusing on the spots I most treasure <laughs> and why. Places where the ground speaks to me. Places where I have gained much and also left much. Finally, I was able to narrow my list to these six. PL, where my teaching career was first sparked. <laughs> now, see that's that's funny because he uses the word sparked and there was a fire that he put out at the school one day. Apparently it was a big deal and he got some awards for it. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. PL, where my teaching career was first sparked. Maryhill, a scenic place of rest beneath the stones. So there's a little more after that, but that's what it says about Maryhill. Wait, can you say it one more time? Sure. The whole thing, or...? No, just the last part. About Maryhill. Maryhill. A scenic place of rest beneath the stones. Joseph, that's easy. What's easy? Place of rest beneath the stones? <sighs> Maryhill is scenic. You know what's up the hill, above Maryhill, right? Wait, Stonehenge is up there. I forgot all about that place. And then there's the headstones. Oh. Joseph, we were at the right spot this morning. Holy crap. Good thing you have me here. Anything else for you two? No, I think we're good. Okay then, here's the check when you're ready. 
Is he okay? Yeah, he'll be fine. Thanks. We're all set. You coming? I follow Antonia back over the river and back up the hill above the park. Now that I remember Stonehenge, I look for it on the horizon as we get closer. It really is Stonehenge, by the way. Well, technically, it's a concrete replica of Stonehenge, built on a windswept plain overlooking the gorge. And yes, it's about as random as it sounds. It was built in the early 20th century by an eccentric wealthy local as a memorial to Klickitat County's World War I veterans. It's early afternoon, and the wind is blowing stronger now. Whoa. Even from up here, I can see white-capped waves starting to form on the river. I also notice the damaged drone is still where it landed. Carrying a metal detector and a shovel into a graveyard. Nothing creepy about that. They were both born in Mexico. They made quite a life for themselves here. Yeah, they sure did. Maybe we should have brought some flowers. Just like down at the park, we seem to be alone. I start searching while Antonia walks over to inspect the drone. Joseph. Yeah? Whoa. Right next to the broken drone is a rectangular stone marker lying flat and flush with the ground. Etched into the stone is a name in all capital letters. It's my name. Well, this is either a bad omen or we found the right place. There's a lot of open space around the marker. So rather than randomly dig holes, I start to wave the disc over the ground on the side closest to us. Hmm. After a minute or so, I move to the other side, and suddenly... the same as the one on the farm. And the one in PL. You don't have to open it while I'm here if you don't want to. No. No, I, I don't mind. Oh, crap. Got it. Here you go. Whoa. Good catch. Man, the wind does not fool around up here. I think I'll open the bag in the car, where it can't blow away.
Um, who was that? You don't know anyone who drives an old... What was that, a Datsun? No. Carl? Who's Carl? It's just somebody I met last night. In PL. Okay, I say let's get out of here. Oh, hang on a sec. That's for you, Bernie. Okay. Hey, maybe we should take the drone, too. On the underside of the drone is a white sticker with a barcode. Hmm. We have those on ours, too. It's probably there for inventory tracking. When I look a little closer, I see a few small words printed under the barcode. It's tough to make them out in the bright sunlight, so I use my hand to block the light from hitting the sticker. When I do, I can read the words clearly. They read, Manufactured by Hartson Rotors Incorporated. An R.A. Hastings company. I follow Antonia north on Highway 97 towards Toppenish, winding among the forested buttes and sagebrush-filled valleys of the Yakima Indian Reservation. The landscape looks just as it did in my dream with Imo and Walter. When the road starts to travel alongside Satis Creek, I look over and imagine the three of us, somewhere in the distance, looking for our places to fish. I listen to the voicemail that Carl left, I can hear the sounds of dishes and pans clanking in the background. In it, he apologizes for pulling me over and says he won't try anything like that again. He just couldn't help himself, he says, after what he saw at the VFW, but says I shouldn't feel threatened by him. Dude, too late for that. Instead, he reiterates that he wants to help me out. He says whatever stuff I have going on is safe with him. He also says he has some extra tickets to the coin show in Tacoma, if I'm interested in joining him. It starts tonight, but goes all weekend. He finishes the message with, Your buddy, Carl. I consider blocking his number, but I don't. It's late in the afternoon when we arrive in Wapato. We decide to regroup at Antonia's house. We access her place from the farm's main entrance. But just beyond the security gate, we turn onto a spur that skirts the edge of several acres of hops. The spaces between the rows are carefully manicured. And as I drive past them, I look over, and they seem to go on, up the gentle slope, forever.
It's okay. We can go inside. <laughs> do do you want to go inside? Sure. I just didn't want to assume. Well, I have another gun in the house. So if you try anything... <laughs> Help yourself to something if you're thirsty. Thanks. Antonia's house is smaller than Salvador and Maria's house, but it's also newer and more modern. The main floor is mostly a big open space of kitchen and living room, with doors that lead to other rooms or closets or bathrooms. In the middle of the main floor is a metal staircase that leads upstairs. Several photos are attached to the refrigerator with magnets. There's a photo of Antonia with a taller man, dressed in fatigues. Other photos have small children in them. I also see a photo of Antonia with another woman, standing on the edge of a road with a sweeping view behind them. They're both smiling, as if on vacation. So how did that feel, seeing your name on a gravestone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was weird. <sighs> Is this your husband in the photo? Yeah, that's Mark. Everyone called him Coop because of his last name, Cooper. How long ago was it? You mean the photo or since he's been gone? I guess the second part. Almost six years. I'm sorry. How long were you together? We met after I graduated from Columbia Basin College. I came back here to live and work, and he was stationed over at the Army Firing Range. He worked at the research station there. Oh. I didn't know they did that there, too. Yeah. What kind of research did he do? It's actually part of a big surveillance network. They intercept signals from satellites to figure out if there are threats. That kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. It's what he was trained in. And he was really good at it. Did he grow up around here? He was from back east, in Virginia. But he loved it here. Your mom said it was an accident, over in Afghanistan? So they say. I mean, it probably was. It can be hard to know if you're getting the full story. Yeah. How about you? Your parents have been gone for about ten years now, right? Yeah. About that long. So these must be your nieces and nephews. They are. From all three of my brothers. That's Isabel, Tomas, Mariana, she's named after my mother, Sofia, Emilio, and Bruno. There's one more that was just born, Hugo, but I don't have a picture yet. It's my mom. She saw us drive in. She wants to know if we'll join them for dinner. Your mom and food. What a fantastic relationship that is. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. But this time, I really have to get back home. I mean, I did the other night, too. When I tried to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for real, though, we have a huge meeting at the office tomorrow. One that could make or break the entire future of the company. I've been pretty absent this week, so I need to get back to help out. I'm sure you have a lot on your mind. 
Yeah, you could say that. So, did the box from the cemetery have what you wanted in it? It did. It's not so much what I want, I guess. It's more just what's in there, and I guess how it all fits together. Which I don't understand at all yet, by the way. The note from today's box was just like the one from last night. It basically said, congratulations, you found another one. That was it? Well, there was a dime in it, too. From 1916. <laughs> Last night it was an old nickel, and apparently a valuable one. Today's note also had a large capital letter H written on it. H. Sounds so mysterious. I think I'm most just having fun with you. <laughs> fun. I suppose so. So what's next, then? Actually... I have a question about this photo. Were you on vacation somewhere? That. Yeah. That's me and my friend, Jelly. Jelly? That's what my friends and I have called her forever. Her name's actually Becky. Her parents were really strict, and she wasn't allowed to have a lot of stuff growing up. So she always acted jealous of what the rest of us had. Which, by the way, wasn't a lot either. Huh. The funny thing is, she totally embraced it. She pretty much insisted we all call her Jelly. So it stuck, I guess. We're still acquainted, but she's a pretty big klepto now. She steals things all the time, and has been in and out of jail for years. Knowing that makes me feel even worse that we teased her all those years ago. So I kind of look out for her these days. Those red headphones she's wearing in the photo. They look pretty new. Was this recent? Uh, it was a couple years ago. A group of us took a trip to Vegas together. That was down at Red Rock Canyon, I believe. The headphones were actually mine, but she borrowed them so much, I just gave them to her. Something tells me you're planning to pay her a visit this week. She really liked my purse, too. Yeah. What kind of friend steals her friend's purse? Well, since you're here, you can find out along with me. If you want. Yeah. I think I'd like that. I'll drive. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705 and is written, directed, and produced by me, Chris Cayella. This chapter features the voice talents of Megan Morales as Antonia, Chris Garces as the park ranger, Amy Lee as the greeter at the diner, and Hannah Montgomery as the server at the diner. I play the part of Joseph. For more information about Dirt, an audio drama, visit dirtaudiodrama.com. And for the latest updates, 
please follow the show on Twitter. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends and family. Thank you very much for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean, where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- Dr. Tucker, what have I told you about keeping samples in the fridge? (sighs) Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.